Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from John chapter 5, verses 19 through 29. We get into a period of conflict in the ministry of Jesus. We know that he has healed the man that has been lame for 38 years. And what makes this so controversial is he does it on the Sabbath day. Now, the Jewish people had many laws and regulations, up to 39, that regulated what people could do on Sabbath day. Now, these were traditions that were developed. They were told to rest on the Sabbath. They developed some hedges about the Sabbath to make sure no one violated the Sabbath. And so Jesus heals this man. This man takes up his mat and carries it because Jesus tells him to. And the Jewish authorities asked this man, why are you carrying your mat on the Sabbath? This is one of those things you are not allowed to do according to Jewish tradition is carry your mat. And so he gets in trouble and then he says, you know what? The guy that healed me told me to carry it. And now they're upset with Jesus. And Jesus makes a bold claim back in verses 17 and 18. He tells the Jewish authorities that the reason he healed the man on the Sabbath is he is equal with the Father. He has the same authority as God. God obviously has to work on the Sabbath. God doesn't take a break from his work because if he did, well, the whole world would fall apart. People are still being born on Sabbath day. People are still dying on Sabbath day. So God is at work on the Sabbath. So Jesus says, just as my father's at work, I'm at work. And they don't like this at all. And they decide they want to kill him. So we come to this time of conflict. Some would say this is Jesus on trial. But Jesus Jesus will do something interesting. He will flip the script and he will put the Jewish authorities on trial too. I want to take you to our reading and today I want to just look at something fascinating from this passage. There's some teaching I want to talk about today. I think it's a doctrine that we neglect a little bit about life after death. So we're going to get in that in just a minute. So let's read our passage. This is Jesus talking about his authority. Now think as we read this, the claims Jesus is making. These are fantastic claims, starting in verse 29 of John chapter 5. So Jesus said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of his own accord, but only what he sees the Father doing. Whatever the Father does, that the Son does likewise. For the Father loves the Son and shows him all he himself is doing, and greater works than these will he show him, so that you may marvel. For as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, so also the Son gives life to whom he will. For the Father judges no one, but has given all judgment to the Son, that all may honor the Son just as they honor the Father. Whoever does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent him. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come into judgment, but is passed from death to life. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and now here, and is now here when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear will live. For as the Father has, give, has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. And he has given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Do not marvel at this, for an hour is coming when all who are in the tombs will hear his voice and come out. Those who have done good to the resurrection of life and those who have done evil to the resurrection of judgment. So Jesus here makes unbelievable claims that he has such unity with the Father And this is scandalous to Jews. It's really hard for us to understand, but the Jews were so particular. For example, if you were translating the Old Testament and you came to the covenant name of God, Yahweh, 
That's even scandalous to say that today uh, to a Jew. But if you said Yahweh, when you're translating the Hebrew and you get to that word, you don't translate it as Yahweh. You translate it as Adonai, as Lord. So out of respect, you don't even say the name of God. You don't even translate the name of God. If you'll see uh, English translations of Jewish publications, a lot of times today it'll have, for the word God, it'll have G-D, out of respect for God. So to claim equality with God would be blasphemous. But Jesus is saying, I am God. Now this leads to Trinitarian theology, this idea of God the Father, Son, and Spirit. Today we're not going to tackle that topic, uh, but it's a fantastic topic. It's, it's truthful. It's found in Scripture. It describes what we see in the Bible about the nature of God, that Jesus, the Son, is God in flesh. Um, and this is a wonderful doctrine. It ensures our salvation, uh, that, that Jesus is fully God and fully man. But I want to focus on a statement Jesus makes. He has the power to give life. If you come to Jesus' cross, in some sense, eternal life has started now for you. You have eternal life, and you're just going to live in different states of that eternal life. Now, Jesus talks about there's an hour coming when the dead will hear the voice of of Jesus, the Son, and they will be raised. And there's going to be this resurrection. There's going to be a resurrection to life and a resurrection to judgment. Now, this is the Jewish concept of what's called the Olam Haba, uh, the world to come. The Jews believed there was a day coming when God would set all things right and there would be a resurrection from the dead. And Jesus is claiming, I have the power over that day of resurrection. Now, we as Christians get confused sometimes how that's going to work. The time is, let me just walk through, and we're not going to get super technical or specific, but let me give you a general overview of what happens when we die. What happens to our loved ones when they pass away? For one thing, I hear a lot of people say, well, we become angels. We, we don't become angels. Angels and human beings are completely separate entities. They're not the same thing. Uh, we, just as the angels, are created beings, but angels are pure spirit. We are hybrids in some way. We are fully bodied people. That was God's original plan with Adam and Eve. We would be uh, fully embodied. Of course, we have a spirit we also have a body, and they're integrated. And that's how God made us. It makes us different. But there is this sense that we are going to die this physical death. So our physical bodies will die. They will go back to the ground. They'll be buried. So people are cremated. Uh, and our, our spiritual part of us will continue to live. And our spirit part of us will go home to be with the Lord. Now, we know in Scripture there was a place called Sheol. Sheol was the abode of the dead. Sheol is not necessarily a bad place. Sheol was divided into two parts. There was something called paradise. In Luke 16, we have this idea of the bosom of Abraham, uh, also meaning paradise. We have paradise, which is a place of bliss and rest that the righteous go to. And there's the place called torment or Tartarus. If you go back and look at places like 2 Peter 2 verse 4, it uses the word Tartarus. Uh, For the angels that rebelled against God, God put them in Tartarus. So in, in Sheol, in the abode of the dead, the waiting place, in what's called the intermediate state, the, the in-between state, the state between our death, our physical death, and then our physical resurrection, there is this, this time of waiting, this time of rest and bliss. Now, some would say that those that die today in Christ go home to be with the Lord, go to heaven. Uh, that after the resurrection of Jesus, righteous people no longer go to paradise, they go to heaven to be with the Lord. And that, that's got a lot of credence. That theory 
has some evidence to it. But here's the point in all this. We will die a physical death. Then we will, in some sense, go home to be with the Lord, go to a state of bliss and rest in a spiritual state, a pure spirit state. But it is a state of waiting for a final day to come. There is a day coming that Jesus is talking about here in verse 29 when his voice will call the dead from the tombs and we will receive new resurrected bodies. So there's a future for everyone, even those that have died in Christ that are resting in a spirit state, so to speak, before the face of the Lord in the bosom of Abraham in a state of bliss. And they are waiting a great day. And when this great day comes, we receive these new bodies. You can read 1 Corinthians 15 to see about those bodies to read about them. They're glorified bodies. They're going to be different in some way, but they're bodies nonetheless. And so we'll receive these new bodies that no longer get sick, no longer get old, that are fueled by the Holy Spirit for all eternity. And we will be with the Lord in what the Bible calls the new heavens and the new earth, the new Jerusalem. And that is our future eternal state that we're looking forward to. Now, there is this sense of uh, the judgment of, of those that People call the damned. That's a word that's not very popular. But there are people that that are outside the will of God, that are outside of Christ, and they will be raised to judgment. Now, torment is not the final abode for those that are separated from Christ. There's another word that the Bible uses, Gehenna, and that's the word hell. Hell and Hades are not the same thing. People get those confused. They're not. Gehenna is the final hell. And, And so people that are resurrected to judgment, are sentenced to Gehenna. So I hope that helps kind of put all this together, this idea that we die a physical death. And if we're in Christ Jesus, if we're in him and we have salvation, we go to a state of bliss or rest, paradise. You call it paradise. Jesus says that on the cross of the thief this day, you'll be with me in paradise or the bosom of Abraham or before the face of the Lord or at home with the Lord. All those are meaning the same thing. And there's this future day for everyone when Christ returns, his final coming. You find this in 1 Thessalonians 4, if you want to read that. He will return and the dead will be raised. And so we'll receive resurrected bodies. So that's good news. I hope that excites you to think about Jesus has the power over death. That if you're in Christ, you've got life. You may die a physical death. You'll go home to be with the Lord and you'll be awaiting this day of victory when we receive these new, the Bible Bible calls them glorious bodies. So we don't really know exactly what that's going to be like, but we just know they're going to be glorious bodies. It's going to be something wonderful. Well, I hope this encourages you. I hope you see who Jesus is. He is God in flesh. He has power over death. He has power to bring us back from the dead. And that is something to look forward to in a world racked full of pain and death. Well, I hope you're having a great day, and I hope to see you back tomorrow with tomorrow's podcast.